Mockingbirds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Don't let winter's chill keep you indoors. Ocean State Bird Club is hosting lots of free winter walks to see magnificent harlequin ducks, razor bills, and maybe even a snowy owl. Visit our website at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org for more information and follow us on Facebook. If you become a member, you'll also get our quarterly newsletter, Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 715. Well, the live edition of our show is happening here on the 17th of February, the next to the last day of a wonderful and important event, the Great Backyard Bird Count, in which hundreds of thousands of people in more than 100 countries count birds for as little as 15 minutes total and report those sightings to help scientists compile information about birds and their travels and population levels, in part to take actions to help them and their habitats. It's not too late to join in this year, by the way. Go to birdcount.org to get involved. Participation is free. Yesterday, I had the great pleasure of chatting about this topic with Scott Simon on National Public Radio's Weekend Edition Saturday. And that piece is now available for listening on their website. You can connect to it with our Talking Birds Facebook page or go to npr.org and look for Weekend edition Saturday. So if you're looking for a little extra push to get off the couch in the middle of February, uh, maybe knowing that you're making a real citizen science contribution that will help scientists in their research will provide that motivation. That is a key word here on our show this morning. On our show, we're about to talk to a man who knows a lot about motivation and a lot about birding. That's because he's an expert birder who's been president of a bird club here in Massachusetts, a director of the biggest bird club in the U.S., and a member of the oldest bird club in America. He's got it covered there. He's also a life coach, and in that role, he helps people figure out what they want and why they want it and what they'll do to get it, and that includes in connection with birding. His name is Jim McCoy, and he joins us here now in our Talking Birds studio. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Ray. Great to see you again. The last time I saw you, we were out on the Christmas bird count, and somebody had lost their binoculars. Oopsie, that and it, happens. It, and it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't me, although I have left the, my binoculars home. Well, that's, that's good to know. That is That is good to know. So, Jim, which came first, birding or life coaching? Uh, Birding came first by a narrow margin. Mm -hmm. Um, I was five years old. uh, (laughs) uh, uh, A blue jay landed outside our kitchen window on a fir Mm -hmm. branch and I was enthralled by this, you know, amazing blue creature. Mm -hmm. And the rest, uh, you know, my my parents got me a junior golden guide and the rest Mm -hmm. is history. But, but so you were five years old, five but years you say old. life coaching came not long after not that? Not long after that. Really? Um, <laughs> I had my first, my first experience sort of helping my fellows in that uh, in the second grade, Sister Bernice made me a consultant. <laughs> uh, I, wow. I think it was just a way of keeping yeah. this hyperactive kid out of trouble wow. and keeping me busy. Sister Bernice uh, made me uh, stand in the corner, I think. <laughs> she probably did that too. But, <laughs> um, but then I tutored in junior and high, high school, and uh, I coached the first women's cross-country team at my alma mater. So I've kind of been doing this, something like this, all the way along. Wow, that's pretty good. I haven't met many people who started their career at age, but six. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, you've articulated some questions about why people want to watch birds what motivates them what gets them started why they keep doing it 
what they get out of it. What have you discovered about these motivations? Mm. There are lots of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I just know from a a personal perspective, uh, they make my day better in several particular ways. Um, they're, they're the obvious ways of, of uh, it's an excuse to get outside, mm-hmm. and a lot of us love the outdoors. Um, for me, I need a little exercise, and I do mm-hmm. need to get outside, or I'm just not having as good a day. Um, also, there are things that are sort of, I think, fundamental to human existence. Mm-hmm. I think m- many of us are hunters or gatherers or both. Uh huh. Um, you know, when you find a rare bird, when you're looking for it and looking for it and looking yeah. for it, and finally spot it, you feel like a hunter. Satisfies that it's, same hunting uh, need. I, I right? think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a much more, uh, much better outcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Involved, you don't have right? to clean anything. It's much <laughs> less of a fuss. Yeah. So these are motivations for you, and similar mm. ones for people that you coach or that you oh sure with? Yeah. sure yeah. yeah and yeah and then uh, you know i was talking about the gathering it's uh, the more birds you add to your list you're adding to your collection mm-hmm. um but uh but then of course it satisfies our sense of wonder uh, i have a friend who did a uh, posted a great tweet yesterday about uh the the power of awe mm-hmm. and we can be inspired by these amazing things we see in nature um, the, the murmuration of starlings is a, is a popular one that, that is just magnificent to watch. An unforgettable thing to watch, yeah. If, if for anybody who hasn't watched it, if you go on the internet, there are about 900 videos there you can see of those starling yeah, murmurations. Exactly. Pretty yeah, and yeah, so I, I, many bird experiences I've had have just stuck in my memory for years and years because of just the amazing spectacle. We're talking with Jim McCoy, and we'll talk more with Jim about being a birder and life coach and how he combines the two interests and skills just ahead. We'll also ask him about his biggest claim to fame as a birder. And uh, But right now we're going to hear, and I don't, don't want to give anything away here, but this is kind of a favorite bird of Jim's that is our mystery bird this week, and we're going to do a little mystery bird preview. Here's the sound of the bird. Our mystery bird. It's a small raptor with long pointed wings, a long banded tail, and a faint mustache mark. With brown streaking on the chest and belly, the smaller male is gray on the back, while the female has a brown back. At this time of year, our bird can be found all along the Atlantic coast, Gulf Coast, and across much of the American West and Midwest. We have a beautiful raft of prizes here this morning, including... From Droll Yankees, the cute feeder. It's the cutest little chickadee feeder. This is a cool feeder. It even has a height-adjustable dome, so you can kind of decide what size birds you'd like to have come to your feeder. Plus, uh, download your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game, and a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. So it's a beautiful collection of prizes uh, on our Mystery Bird Contest, which we'll, um, we'll conduct a little bit later on in the program. wanted to make sure you're ready for it when we uh, give the signal. We'll give the phone number, too, just in case. Don't call now, but so you'll be ready. 781-837-4900. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here's some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Birds of a feather stick together, but this bird's foot got stuck in amber. 
That's the headline of a story from the New York Times about the discovery of the fuzzy feathered foot of a bird that lived 99 million years ago. You can find the whole story through our Facebook page. In his latest newspaper column, our man Mike O'Connor reports on his search for a tufted duck without missing lunch. We'll connect you to his column. And back to fossils again. No, not you, Jim. And not you, Mike, either. The earliest known seed-eating perching bird has been discovered in Fossil Lake, Wyoming. We'll get you to that story, courtesy of ScienceDaily.com. Those are some of the stories we have for you on our Facebook page right now. Don't forget, you can also find those stories through an online search in case you're not a Facebook follower. We have a beautiful blog this week, a listener blog, courtesy of the great Candy Powell down in Rhode Island. It takes you to the Venice, Florida, Audubon area rookery. A nice destination for sure, especially in February. You can find that right on our TalkingBirds.com website. Well, we've been very lucky to, every week for the last number of many weeks that we can remember, to be able to welcome new Talking Birds ambassadors, folks who have agreed to hand out some Talking Birds show cards that we send to them, to their friends and fellow birders and neighbors and co-workers. And we'd like to thank right now Deb Marine from Fairlawn, Ohio. Glad to hear you like the show, Deb. And she says, I am looking forward to getting those cards and passing them out and... They will be in the mail tomorrow, Deb. So if they don't get to you soon, blame the post office, of course. Thank you to Matt Martin from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. He and his wife, Sarah, and daughter, Gigi, listen to the show. He says, we're longtime listeners and was wondering if we could be Talking Birds ambassadors. So we have granted permission. Uh, thank you so much, Matt. By the way, he says, we recently put up a feeder in our yard and our two-year-old daughter, Gigi, is proving to be a quick study. Look for a picture of Gigi with binoculars raised and ready on our Facebook page. If it's not there right now, it will be uh, very shortly. And thank you to Donna Posand in Dearborn, Michigan. She says, I coordinate the Birding by Ear and Beyond program with the University of Michigan in Dearborn, and I would like to become an ambassador and put Braille on the cards for our great Backyard Bird Count event. We're spending the weekend at a camp and doing a bird count three times for citizen science. Sunday morning, we'll listen to your show, and maybe we'll guess the mystery bird. We'll tune in live. Thank you so much, Donna. She also adds that she uses our Mike O'Connor's books in lots of her teaching, like about woodpeckers. In case you hadn't heard, Mike is the author of two bestsellers, Why Do Woodpeckers Get Headaches and Why Do Bluebirds Hate Me? Mike has trouble getting bluebirds into his uh, on his property. He's got to expand a little bit, Jim, I think, right? He needs to get a bigger bigger area there. Lots get, of property always helps. Yeah, get a bluebird trail going there. To become a Talking Birds ambassador, we hope you will. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk more with our special in-studio guest, Jim McCoy. And we'll catch up with that Mike O'Connor guy in our Let's Ask Mike segment. And uh, Mike might not, uh, not have much to say today because we're talking about mute swans. So we'll have to be a little kind of quiet on that. But mute swans are not really mute, right, Jim? It's and they, true. They, they can they, talk. They just, you know, they choose their words carefully. They can talk. I didn't know they could <laughs> talk. Okay. 
Well, on last week's show, we related the amazing story of the Amur falcon of Asia and Africa, which holds the distinction of traveling the longest distance in migration of any raptor on the planet. But here in North America, we also have a raptor that racks up some serious migratory mileage, as much as 14,000 miles in one direction. And that bird is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Presenting Beautio Swainsoni, or in English, the Swainson's Hawk, named after British naturalist William Swainson, for whom quite a few birds were named, including, but not limited to, a sparrow, a thrush, a flycatcher, and a toucan. But it's the Swainson's Hawk that's this week's featured feathered friend. It's a bird of the western U.S. in summer, wintering mostly in Argentina, but occasionally wandering into New England in the fall. The Swainson's is a medium-sized hawk with a stout body, broad wings, and rounded medium-length tail. Now, when viewed from below, most soaring hawks show dark feathers on the forward or leading edge of their wings and lighter feathers on the back or trailing edge. But the Swainson's hawk has the opposite coloration, a light leading edge in a dark trailing edge. Also noticeable about the Swainson's hawk in flight is that it holds its wings in a dihedral, sort of a shallow V-shape, much like that of a turkey vulture. It even tilts back and forth in flight the way a turkey vulture does. Here's the sound of the Swainson's hawk. The sort of complaining cry of Beautio Swainsoni. The Swainson's Hawk, today's Talkin' Birds, featured feathered friend. Thanks again for being with us. It's our show number 715. We hope you'll visit our website. Talkin'Birds.com is the website. We always mention there's no G in Talkin', just to confuse you a little bit. And we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Talkin' Birds. Jim McCoy is here with us in the studio. He's an expert birder, and he's also a life coach. He started the, that career fairly early at the uh, age of about six, and uh, <laughs> but that was a year after he started birding. So you're, you're kind of an early bird in many respects, uh, Jim, apparently. Yeah, well, uh, I, I get interested in something, and I kind of stay interested <laughs> in it. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, earlier or in your note about um, sometimes coaching people in your life coaching work while you're birding with them. Mm. How does that uh, work and does it usually connect with birding or is it separate? It, it's kind of separate. It, it, it makes it easy to talk. You're moving um, and, and people will open up um, when they're out there. Um, and, you know, just between you, me, and our listeners, um, <laughs> I like birding. And so if someone wants to be coached while we go birding, that's win-win. Yeah. So at, that, at that point, I'm getting paid to do what I love. So Wow, okay. Um, You've got that figured but, out. But, yeah, um, it's a comfortable environment mm -hmm. for people. And, yes, there are all kinds of metaphors out in the natural world. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, sometimes I'll slip in something. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll see what a bird's doing, and that'll segue me right into something that I want to discuss with my client. So you're teaching them without them knowing you're actually teaching them. Often, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we mentioned, and before we run out of time, uh, about uh, your biggest birding claim to fame. Uh, out on the West Coast, you were the first, I believe, if I have this right, to sight this bird, and I believe it was the house sparrow. Is that uh, correct? <laughs> no, no. No, that was not. Uh, no. So... Uh, <laughs> 
I was uh, on a date, actually, mm. and uh, walking along uh, at a National Wildlife Refuge just because it was a convenient place in between where we lived um, to go for a walk. And it was a beautiful place, and mm-hmm. so why not? And out of the corner of my eye, as we're walking along, I see this motion, and there's a bird kind of uh, going from the ground up to a perch and back down and back up. And I can see at a glance that this is not one of ours. <laughs> uh, and I see a telltale white rump. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I start thinking about it. And I realize this is a northern weed ear. And the northern weed ear uh, is a bird that uh, breeds in uh, Greenland and uh, Alaska mm-hmm. and the Arctic. And mostly winters in Africa. Um, but... Uh, every once in a while, um, one will wander uh, down the coast of North America, mostly on the East Coast. So one had never been recorded in the state of Washington uh, when I saw that one in 2004. Wow. And this is an adult bird that, that you saw? I was a young one. A young one, yeah. So the, yeah, yeah. The, they would have more of a tendency to go in these kind of crazy wanderings. Yeah, right? it's hard yeah. To, to know why they do what they do. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah usually the, the adults have got it figured out. Jim McCoy, birder and life coach, is here with us. He'll stay with us and maybe help us with our mystery bird contest and uh, toss a couple of insults at Mike O'Connor when he joins us later. Uh, But meanwhile, uh, we'll do our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Tanzania hosts more than a thousand bird species. And on safari with Nasera safaris, you'll see the birds and the big five. The lion, leopard, elephant, rhino, and cape buffalo. That's Nasera safaris founder and guide, Joseph Dunguru. And Nasera safaris provides more, says co-founder David Clapp. We offer customized safaris and mountain climbing adventures in Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda, and guerrilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda. Going on safari in Africa is an unforgettable experience, and there's no better way to do it than with Nasera Safaris. See their website for details, nasarasafaris.com, N-A-S-E-R-A, Nasera Safaris. Time for our mystery bird contest. And by the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, we do it live Sunday morning, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Uh, and you haven't been able to enter our contest, uh, you can do it online. You can listen to us live online from anywhere at all with a little uh, internet connection. Just go to talkingbirds.com to see how to do it. Our mystery bird sounds like this sometimes. It's a small raptor with long pointed wings, a long banded tail, and a faint mustache with brown streaking on the chest and belly. The smaller male is gray on the back, while the female has a brown back. Small birds make up the majority of the mystery bird's diet. It also eats rodents, bats, reptiles, and large insects like dragonflies. At this time of year, our bird can be found all along the Atlantic and Gulf coasts and across most of the American West. And Midwest, what is it? Tell us and get the right answer and win a beautiful collection of prizes here, including the Droll Yankees Cute Feeder, a perfect feeder for small birds, good for sunflower seed or mixed seed or fruit or mealworms. Bonus prizes, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. That's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Plus, 
a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. So some beautiful prizes. The number to call, and please don't wait, is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. By the way, if nobody gets the correct answer, as always, a drawing will determine our winner. So a good reason to take your guess at 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike live from Cape Cod in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Dina, and I'm from San Francisco, California. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I enjoy sharing what I've learned from Talking Birds. I always seem to learn something new each show, and I hope that my enthusiasm for birds and conservation is contagious to others. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Uh, by the way, we got another note from Dina, our new Talkin' Birds ambassador there, and she says, among other places, she gives out her Talkin' Birds cards at a marine science center because, quote, Love for animals transcends species. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. Thank you, uh, Dina. It's time to get on or in connection or in touch or something like that with Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod, though he may not say anything this time because of the uh, particular bird we're talking about. Uh, good morning, Mike. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Rain. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Mike. And Jim, by the way, um, I like the fact that you mentioned your first bird book um, with the Junior Golden Guy. That was mine, and as a matter of fact, uh, these people came in and they were having a raffle for a local kindergarten, and they wanted a bird book for for kids to give away, and that was the first book I gave them. I went right over to that. Nice. It's wow. still in print after, what what has it been, like 100 years or so? Something like <laughs> that. We, we don't have to get specific about how old we are. <laughs> Is that the same as the Golden Guide? Because that was my first bird book. When you say junior, I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, it's a kind of a stripped-down version with oh, the common okay. backyard birds, but yeah. yeah. Well, I got mine signed by series. Chan Robbins, so yes. uh, see if you can top that one. Uh, well, I've uh, driven Chan Robbins around, and I used to do his Christmas bird Okay, so. never mind. Uh, <laughs> the name well, I had a robin in my backyard. Does that count? Uh, sure, it does, yeah. It's a different robin, I guess. So we keep mentioning about not talking. That's because of the particular bird you want to uh, focus on here, Mike. Well, I wanted to mention, right, I, I, this is an ironic bird because typically uh, my customers particularly complain about the crows or the grackles or the blackbirds, and in our area they're complaining about an increased population in sharks, and they always say, well, can we gotta, there's too many crows, we've got to do something, or there's too many blackbirds, they're driving out the good, the good birds, in quotations, and this and that. And wildlife officials say, no, it's all part of the ecosystem, we have to yeah. get along. But ironically, there's one bird that the, the population loves, and that the uh, wildlife officials don't like, and that's the mute swan. Yeah. People just love this bird. You know, it's, you know, you can't even say anything bad about swans. People, they come in, they talk about swans, and I don't get too excited, and their face drops. It's like, you know, <laughs> saying something bad about a rainbow or a unicorn. They go, oh, my God, no, no, no. But it's actually an introduced yeah. species, and yeah. it's caused a fair amount of problems. It's driven out some local species. They eat 
something like eight pounds of uh, vegetation a day. Um, they're a little bit aggressive, mm-hmm. and they're spreading. And wildlife officials are kind of scratching their head what to do because, like I said, the pop- population puts their arms around them and protects them. Meanwhile, they're, they're in, you know, causing problems everywhere we go. So I just try and encourage people, you know, just sit back and you know, let um, don't don't try to encourage them. Don't feed them because they're tame. You know, they're 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 we have native swans, we have tundra swans and trumpeter swans, and they don't want much to do with us. But these swans will come over the mute swans and people feed them and that. And, and I'm just trying to discourage people from doing that um, because it's one of those things that that it's. Pretty is not always the best thing in, in, for a healthy environment. That's yeah. all I'm talking about. Well, Jim about. and I know that because yeah, we, yeah. We we've, overcome get, it. we've overcome that. We've overcome that. we to deal with it, yeah. So watch out for those mute swans. I don't know if there are any protection or programs in effect that are there trying is, to... There is, you yeah. know, and they always run up and they get pushback on that. I think yeah. uh, egg addling yeah. is, is probably the best thing. They're, they're a little bit protected. You know, people, I don't think, you know, if you go out shooting mute swans... And, it doesn't look good, yeah. and I'm not advocating hunting anything, but they try to cut it back by kind of uh, disrupting their nesting thing and keeping the population more in parks and cities and away from the real wildlife habitat mm-hmm. is kind of what their goal is right now. All right, there we go. And still dealing with that problem. Too many blackbirds, too many crows. What about too many customers in the store there? Yeah, no, that, that hasn't that, been an issue lately. That hasn't been a problem. All right. <laughs> no, we can handle that. Talk to you next week, Mike. All right, talk to you guys. Thanks. Mike O'Connor there at the famous Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Coffin, Back David here Sibley, the Mystery Bird Dunn, Laura Contest, and others. Learn more the sound of our mystery bird. A small raptor with long pointed wings, a long banded tail, uh, and a faint mustache mark with brown streaking on the chest and belly. The smaller male is gray on the back, while the female has a brown back. And it's one of Jim McCoy's favorite birds. And we're going to Carolyn, a Carolyn, somewhere in Rhode Island, I think, is, is there. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. I know Rhode Island's a small state because I'm from there, but uh, whereabouts in Rhode Island? I am in Westerly. Westerly, Rhode Island. That's yeah. a beautiful uh, part of the state. I'm from Pawtucket. It's not anything like Westerly. But, you know, we thought it was okay when we were there. But So uh, what do you think, Carolyn? And we have Jim McCoy here with us in case we make any mistakes. He can correct us about what this mystery bird is. So what do you say? Okay, I'm going to guess. I think it's a Merlin. Jim, what do you say? Ding, ding, ding. He we says, have a winner. Ding, ding, ding. Hey! <laughs> yes, a Merlin indeed. Nice going, and congratulations. We have a whole batch of prizes, uh, Carolyn, that we'll send uh, down there for you in, in Westerly. But Jim, Jim has a, you have a story or two about uh, Merlins. Do you want to oh. tell one of your stories? You, will you stay on the line, Carolyn, while Jim oh, tells absolutely. the story? Yeah. Thank well, you. Let's see. You have the, which stories did we talk about? There's the license plate one. There's the license plate one. <laughs> and then there's, uh, the, the, well, how I named my business. How you named your business. Yeah. So my last name's McCoy. My uh, wife's last name is Whirlin, Nancy Whirlin. And I used to joke that we were the Merlins. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then it came time. I uh, started my life coaching business and came time to 
print some business cards and put up a website, and I decided to name my business Merlin Coaching. There it is, Merlin Coaching. And so ever since, I've, I've felt I've always loved Merlins, and, and now I just feel more connected than ever. I guess. And, and so now I, I discovered I had a personalized license plate. But not on purpose. Not on purpose. No, I uh, I was driving along contemplating someone else's personalized license plate, and I was wondering what I could do with letters on my own, and it was 81 FC 81, and I thought, FC, fish crow, eh, all right, I like fish crows well enough, but didn't really have a personal connection, didn't, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me, FC stands for Falco columbarius. And that's the Merlin. That's the and Merlin. we're out of time. <laughs> Good. Thank Mercifully. you, Jim. Thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> that's our show for this week. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we want to say uh, thank you to Mark Duffield and Debbie Bleacher and our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. Thanks for being with us. Oh, we have actually a few more seconds. So just a reminder again about our website. We hope you'll visit. Talkingbirds.com is the address. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, look for Merlin Coaching, too. That's what MerlinCoaching.com. MerlinCoaching.com yeah. is uh, the place you'll find Jim McCoy. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Don't let winter's chill keep you indoors. Ocean State Bird Club is hosting lots of free winter walks to see magnificent harlequin ducks, razor bills, and maybe even a snowy owl. Visit our website at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org for more information and follow us on Facebook. If you become a member, you'll also get our quarterly newsletter, Ocean State Bird Club. 